Welcome to Is This Good? The show where we boldly, conclusively, and scientifically decide what things in this big wide world are good. I'm Matt Austin, and with me, as always, is production powerhouse Jason Doyle. Hello. Hi, JD. Thanks so much for coming. And today's guest is a former staff writer at Spin Magazine and contributor at Glamour, Pitchfork, Esquire, Rolling Stone, and every other goddamn publication you could think of. (laughs) She's been making me laugh on Twitter for years, so I'm very excited to have her on, partly because she's a funny and astute observer of music and pop culture, but mostly so that I can find out why she's obsessed with one particular image of the musician Sting that she's reposted at least a thousand times. You'll remember (laughs) her when the West Wind moves. It's Maggie Sirota. Maggie, welcome to Is This Good? (laughs) Thank you. It's good to be here. You make it sound like I've actually done things in my life. <laughs> well, I mean, if you condense an entire life into one paragraph, chances yeah, are it's yeah. going to sound pretty productive. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to mention all the times I'm like, I'm just like reading old like spy magazines. <laughs> I can redo it. And today's yeah. guest is an avid reader of, of the defunct <laughs> publication Spy Magazine. In the year of our Lord, 20. <laughs> Uh, so, like I said, I've been following for a long time. We did meet yes. somewhat recently through uh, Daniel Ralston, who's been on this show before, yes. a mutual friend. We shared what, tell me if you agree, I would maybe describe as the worst Domino's pizza of all time. Can we, like, join a class action suit? That was horrific. <laughs> <laughs> like, the state ver- that- the state versus the Noid? I mean, it might even be illegal to call that pizza. That might be... <laughs> I know, and we, we were all, we're not pizza snobs neither none of the three of us we were all excited for the dominoes yeah yeah and i guess we got let down it looked like they had literally you know when when i get a salad uh people yell at me because i really i'll put the dressing in i'll close the top and then i'll really shake that thing just to get the Mm -hmm. dressing evenly coated amongst the lettuce it looked like someone did that with the pizza did it not like all the toppings were in the the (laughs) the corner of the box it fell apart in ways that i think defy physics like it was just like (laughs) There was no reason why it should have devolved the way it did and why it just... Okay, here's how not a pizza snob I am. Do you remember, like, early... Ni- All right, maybe you, might, you might be young, Matt. Uh, no, I think we're but... the same age, about the same age. And don't worry, JD's much older than both of us, so... Oh, great. Between the three of us, I'm sure we can cover all grounds... I'm excited to alienate JD in a million different ways. (laughs) Um, All right. This is how much not a pizza snob I am. Do you remember, like, the Little Caesars, like, $5, and you get, like, the two pizzas on a slab, and I don't think there was, like, any natural ingredient in them. It was just, Mm -hmm. like... Like, that was definitely some government cheese or just, like, an oil and water, like, (laughs) masquerading as cheese, and... I lived for those on Fridays, because <laughs> I grew up on those, the $5 Little Caesars pizza. And like, I found this, and then I found this pizza from Domino's, a brand I consider a higher step than Little Caesars. Yeah, I don't think it's an age thing. We're both Canadian, and at yeah. least where I grew up in Montreal, we did not have Little Caesars. Especially, I mean, it was oh, a big okay. deal when uh, when Pizza Hut came. Oh boy, were we oh, excited. Yeah. You had like Petite Caesar? <laughs> <laughs> Pizza? Le pizza? Le pizza. Uh, yeah, so I don't think it's an age thing. I just think we didn't have Little Caesars. And then by the time I moved to America in 2013, people said to me, you don't, you don't want to fuck with, uh, with yeah. the Little C's. It's not, it's not worth your time. Uh, can we get to this picture of Sting? I mean, J.D., if you have it, sure. can you please put it up. Because, I mean, I followed, followed you for a long time before I knew you were friends with Daniel, before I knew you. And this picture always comes through my timeline. It is, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll do my best to describe it, but feel free to jump in. It's the sure. musician Sting from The mm-hmm. Police, uh, who went on yeah. to have a very lucrative solo career. He's, pl- he's Not to be confused with the wrestler Sting. Not to be confused with the wrestler Sting. <laughs> right. He's shirtless. He mm-hmm. is sitting in like a full lotus. He Is that a lute, yep. would you say? Sure is. Sure is. And the woman next to him is his, is his wife? Trudy Styler. Okay, and she's in a, a Warrior One, I believe that is. That's Warrior and there, Two. Oh, that's Warrior I Two. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. That is okay. Warrior Two. And then they're in a room that's just very dark. It looks like sort of medieval and gothic, and it's just filled with candles. And every time I see this picture come through, I'm like, oh, 
there's Maggie, which I think is, is great to have like a calling card. I, I wish I had a Twitter calling card. I mean, cool if, like, if I decided like when I, you know, I mean, I guess I didn't consciously decide the brand myself, but it was like, if I was more conscious about the fact that I was like developing like a, a calling card, I would have like picked something like less stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but you're obviously committed to this bit. It's been what, like a decade, 11, yeah, 12 so years? What, why did it start and why are you so committed to this bit? I forget where I saw it. I know it's a Vanity Fair shoot, but I just like, everything about it just crystallized why I don't like him. <laughs> um, like, oh. like the police has some bangers. I'm not gonna, like, that's like, that's like just empirical fact. So I can't really mess with the police catalog, catalog, but um, just Sting as a human, like, it's just like when you kind of, he's kind of emblematic of ascending to a certain like, level of celebrity where you just lose all sense of like self-awareness uh-huh like are you talking about the uh like the the tantric sex for 14 hours or whatever it is he said things like that or i think that was like overblown um i think he like maybe like took a class or something but that got into like that that i think that blew culturally into this is how he lives his life every day mm-hmm. um i don't think i doubt that's <laughs> His deal, just eight hours, no orgasm every day. That sounds tiring. <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone could do it, you would think it. Like, Bono couldn't handle it, let's be honest, right? He's in really good shape. He's, he's in great shape. Yeah, he's in really good shape. Um, Like, I've just heard stories of him being rude to people I know personally. I have met Sting. Have I told you this, Matt? No, I don't think so, but please. I met him in 1987. I was with him for precisely 58 seconds because mm-hmm. I worked at the CN Tower as an elevator operator, and mm-hmm. that's the length of the trip to go mm-hmm. from the the ground floor to the observation level. And it was just me, him, and his publicist, and he was lovely. I have mm-hmm. to say, I have to say that he was absolutely very, very cordial, very polite, very, uh, very English. Mm-hmm. You know. An Englishman in New York, some could even say. An Englishman in Toronto, yeah. For the 58 seconds that I spent with Sting, I mean, he was lovely. But, me, you know, maybe once you pass that one-minute threshold, that's it. Like, you you lose him and you get the real Sting. I don't know. Mm. When you told me you had a story, you met him, like, I was afraid you were going to tell me, like, you watched him, like, like give CPR to a child and bring them back. <laughs> like, you just, like, like, and, like, now it's, like, I'm the piece of shit because I'm just, like, dunking on this dude for, like, years. <laughs> Uh, well, I think Maggie's in New York, so let's get let's get Sting, let's get Maggie, let's get them to the Empire mm-hmm. State Building, and let's get mm-hmm. them in an elevator going to the top. I don't think it's quite <laughs> as tall. You're gonna have 48 seconds. Just get in there right away. Why the loot? Why the candles? Why the room? Why the yeah. yoga? And then I think you can um, you can finally put this to rest. If we don't see the picture again, we'll know you've been on an elevator with him. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, before we start, some quick housekeeping. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash isthisgood. You will get ad-free episodes. You'll get access to our thriving community on Discord. You'll get an exclusive episode every month. And you will get our eternal gratitude. Uh, Also, please send topics for future shows to isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. And subscribe on YouTube and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Maggie, the premise of the show is very simple. I can give you a topic. You tell me if it's good. Here we go. First topic. Toby K. asks... Singers at a concert pointing the microphone at the crowd, encouraging them to sing instead of the band. Is this good? Toby K. Oh, do you think this could be Toby Keith? Very possible. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think Toby Keith has definitely turned the microphone around, so I wonder if he's asking uh, for himself. But but what do you think? It's it's the classic moment. We've all been there. We're at a concert. Uh, the musician gets to the co- you know singer gets to the chorus, then they put the microphone mm-hmm. out so we can sing it instead of them. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is good? Um, I mean, this can go a lot of ways, but one of my favorite concert memories is actually this, like this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, it was New Order at um, it was New Order at Radio City Music Hall, um, and I was at Spin, so probably maybe like 2019, 2008, somewhere around there. Um. And you know the song Temptation, right? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you got blue eyes. Oh, you got green eyes. So um, when the song was kind of petering out, like it, there was kind of this back and forth between um, Bernard and the audience where like he would he would sing one ver- like one kind of round of it and then it kind of went back, reverted back to the audience and then the audience kind of carried it out 
the ending of Temptation. And it kind of, when it comes together in a certain way, it can be transcendent. Like, I just remember, like, kind of, like, watching these people swaying back and forth, like, under the lights, like, almost like in unison, as much rhythm as New Order fans can have, you know, like... (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, like, those are things, like, like, years, I think I'll probably remember that for the rest of my life. If it's a part in a song that's not words, like an oh, whoa, whoa, whoa part, great Mm -hmm. when the crowd sings along. Like, I I saw a video of um, Stevie Wonder playing My My Sharia More. And the, mm-hmm. the na na na, that part, people mm-hmm. are singing along to that. It's great. Or I even saw a Coldplay live version of um, Viva La Vida, uh, you know, at the end when he's mm-hmm. like, oh. And that was, that was great too. But I think the, the one problem that I have is that I think that certain musicians are using this trick to avoid singing the difficult parts in their songs. <laughs> okay, now we're getting to it. Now we're getting to the, the real the crux. Uh... Yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, I, if you're seeing Aha, and I know, you, you know, you've probably seen Aha many times, uh, but if, <laughs> when they're singing Take On Me, and he's getting to that super high part, if he points mm-hmm. the microphone out at me so he doesn't have to have his voice crack, I, I'm going to be upset because I think he's sort of, he's not holding up his end of the bargain. Right. Here's the thing, when you age those, like, kind of same thing with Mariah Carey, like, you know how she could kind of really just go up the register, like, off, mm-hmm. kind of off the octave, like, just, mm-hmm. like, when you age, you kind of, your voice degrades, you, it's hard to just keep doing that. Yeah. Or sometimes they just physically can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so what I'm telling you, Matt, is you're ableist, and, um... <laughs> <laughs> how dare you come on my own podcast and insult me? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> What's interesting is that I was, uh, my girlfriend passed by and she saw the, the mm-hmm. poll question and she was like, oh, I would definitely vote n- not good on that. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, like I see it in some scenarios, but, but why? And she's like, well, I just, I went to see Beyonce on, on her most okay. recent tour. And you know that song, Love on Top. This, this episode's a lot of, you know that song, uh, Love on Top. It's mm-hmm. got like four key changes at the end. And mm-hmm. apparent and, and apparently she, Beyonce made the crowd sing all four key changes and Beyonce mm-hmm. was just standing there. She That's didn't sing at all. crazy to me. Beyonce's in her prime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing I think you have to realize. I've seen Beyonce live too. Like Beyonce shows are long and involved. Yeah. So you like, think she was think saving. For, like, I think for like maybe what you're missing listening to the key change, you know, listening to that vocal, you know, live, it's like you're also getting and maybe like three more songs that you wouldn't get from another artist, you know, like a, Mm-hmm. You're also getting a more elaborate performance than maybe you would get from other artists. So, mm-hmm. so, so she deserves a break. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm like coming on here like apologizing for the richest people in the world. This is like I just can't believe this is like. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm an ableist. You're an apologist. Now I have seen this yeah. backfire on people. I don't know if you you remember that mm-hmm. um, Steve Lacey. He had that hit "Bad Habit." I think this was yeah. last year, a couple years ago. I don't think it was like number one on Billboard's. The, the main chart, but it was like hot mm-hmm. R&B and, and rock and yeah. alternative. And it got huge on TikTok, right? So when a song gets huge on TikTok, it's like a little tiny portion of the song, like the chorus. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he was filling out, you know, rooms on, on tour on the strength of this song becoming huge. So there's a, a video out there of him on stage and he turns the mic out for the chorus for people to sing the chorus. They sing the chorus. And then instead of like going into the verse, they just all stop and start going like, woo! Like we did it, we we sang the song, and he goes, "Why'd y'all stop? Sing the second verse." And people were saying like, "Oh, this is embarrassing," but I kind of feel like, and and maybe this he's actually said this in interviews. I don't know. I kind of feel like he was testing the crowd on purpose and making them mm-hmm. feel like, uh, like assholes for not knowing the song. But yeah. it is sort of at your own peril that you turn turn the mic to the crowd. Uh, JD, where are you on this one? I'm with Maggie in that I have been at shows where it happens and it can be transcendent if the whole room, especially here in Atlanta, there's such great crowds here. Um, and actually, um, it's compared to Toronto, no shade to Toronto, but Atlanta, better singers. You know, they're, they, sometimes you, you're getting harmonies as well. But an entire, like especially in an arena, it is amazing. But I also think that yes they're being lazy like i went to see duran duran and i can't remember which song it was but uh simon did not sing and one song he did not sing 
any of the ver- the choruses, any of them. It's like, okay, really? It was, Whoa, really? It, like, yeah, like the first one, the first time, I was like, okay, this is fun. We're all singing along. It's real. Let's say it's real. I can't remember. I can't remember which one it was, and uh, everybody knew the words, and it's like, yeah, this is great. And then, but the after the song ended, I realized I did not hear Simon Lebon sing the chorus to Rio, which is kind of what I paid yeah. to hear. You know, it was a big hit. So he, my problem with it is, and it again, it was kind of cool, but also, what the hell. And I don't think it's a difficulty thing. I think it's an ego thing for for a lot of artists. They like hearing their own songs Mm. sung back to them. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? And it's just like, okay, fine. It's a, it is, it feels good that, you know, your audience is so intimately aware and and into your songs and Mm. know them backwards and forwards and they can take over. But it's just like, all right, do it once. Do it the final chorus or whatever. Or, yeah. you know, when the drum breaks down and everybody's, you know, doing this kind of thing. And it's cheesy, but it's fun, right? But yeah. but not every chorus, you know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, like, what about a call and response? That, that I think, is an unimpeachable, you could, t- like... I mean, mm. you know, if, if Queen was... If Freddie was still around and he was doing Somebody to Love... Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to do the somebody, somebody, somebody. You know, somebody. you, yeah. you got you to do that. What about, um, I, this is sort of related, Maggie. I see, th- I think this is a trend, but I could be wrong. Bands mm-hmm. pulling kids up on stage to play like guitar in a song or drums in a song. I've seen Green Day do it. I've seen Foo Fighters do it. That's what Foo Fighters, I think they do that like every show. They pull someone up, but sometimes it's not always a kid. Like, yeah. sometimes it's just like, oh, someone was wearing a queen shirt, so they pull them up, or... I don't like it only because... Well, first of all, I, I think that it's basically trying to set up a viral moment. Like, it's people will share this kid coming up on stage. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah. I'm pissed off because that was my fantasy when I was a kid. Maybe it was all of our fantasies, that you'd be at a yes. show. They'd be like, oh, the, the, the guitar player just broke his finger. Does anyone know how to play this song? And then you are like... <laughs> I do, sir. And then you go up on stage and then your whole life changes. And now they're apparently letting kids do it. And it's, yeah. it's sort of uh, upsetting to me. But Maggie, we, <laughs> yeah. we poll people um, before the show to see where they're at. Mm-hmm. And 52% of people said singers at a concert pointing their microphone at the crowd, encouraging them to sing instead of the band is not good. Wow. Mm. I was a little surprised that people were coming down hard on this. But people were yeah. very much in the, I paid the money to hear them sing, not you sing camp. Which, mm-hmm. personally, yeah. I think is a little harsh, but that's where they ended up. All right, next question. Yeah. Amanda L. asks, <laughs> reading alone in a bar, is this good? What, what, why, 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 how could this hurt anyone? Just someone reading in a bar. Yet some people really don't like it. What do you think? Can you, be, can you specify, like, are we talking, like, not on their, not their phone or an electronic mm-hmm. device? We're talking, like, a hardcover book or a newspaper or, <laughs> yes. like, an analog way of reading well we are talking about that and i'm curious what you think maggie because then i i would also like to bring up that if you walk into a bar and you see a person sitting alone at the bar and they're looking at their phone you don't think twice you don't blink you don't there's no one saying oh is that okay but yet if you have the the sally rooney with you people are up in arms so (laughs) where are you on this one i mean i'm i'm a big believer in like just Wow, it makes that person feel good to read in the bar. Let them read their book. Like, at least they're an adult. I'm an adult. Like, Unfortunately, that's not a valid opinion on this show. You can't just say you're okay <laughs> with everything. You no, have but that's to make relax- a- I mean, that's just relaxing, just having, just being alone with your own thoughts, enjoying mm-hmm. a drink, enjoying a book. That's really, I mean, I, I haven't drank in years, but like that scenario is really nice. Like, right. Yeah, I mean, you live like, in New York. Really- your apartments mm-hmm. are small. It's not weird for someone to not want to be in their apartment. But also not want to rage, and the bar is the thing that's open at nine, ten at night, and that's where you go to have a mm-hmm. drink and read, right? Yeah. yeah, or maybe you kind of just like you read a little bit, you look over at the baseball game over the bartender's shoulder, you know. It's sometimes it's just about being out in the world, but you don't want to fully participate in the world. It's mm-hmm. kind of like hundred percent. Yeah, you yep. just want to be out and around people, but just kind of you know just like a com- like what my sociology professors used to call accomplished non-interaction. <laughs> oh, like you're oh, around right. people. Okay, Professor Sirota, go class in session. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm notes. handing out my. Did you did you get the syllabus? Because I said <laughs> I did, but I definitely did not read it, and I I will be handing in an assignment late because I didn't read it, and uh, I will I be upset totally... if you tell me I should have read it. 
No, I will be the professor that shamelessly just like has them all buy my book. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. The, the classic. <laughs> I guess people are upset about it because they think it's antisocial. I think I've seen some people online say they don't like it. They think it's performative. Like you're proving how kind of sophisticated and smart you are. And then other people are like, I don't know what. Oh, sorry, Maggie, that sparked something in you. Yeah, I think that's more about the person's insecurities and what the person's the other person's doing. Mm-hmm. Right, right. They're like, thinking. what do you care what the person who like, what, what do you care if the person reading their book like not like thinks of you? You don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, let's say in the in your drinking days, did you ever do this? Did you ever read a book in a bar? And my my sub question sure. is. Did you view it as an invitation for someone to like start a conversation based on the book, or did you not want to be bothered at all? It depended on who was around me. Um, if it was someone I wanted to talk to, it's great. If it's someone I don't want to talk to me, then they're going to find every possible excuse to start a conversation. You know, then that's going to right. Me. But like, usually, <laughs> if the, if it's someone I don't want, I mean, I did the body language is there. You know, usually there. Like, I'm not like giving them an in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not giving mm-hmm. eye contact, not, not meeting eyes, I'm not giving them in. So if they're, like, gonna go in and start the conversation, they really gotta, like, get over a moat and, like, climb up, <laughs> right. like, a... So. Uh, <laughs> so, J.D., what, have you ever done this? Oh, yeah. Hundreds of times. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, not, you for re- the not in recent years. What, to read a book? Uh, no. I mean, I know you've read books, but I just, yeah. uh... I saw you more of a as a uh, a guy going to a bar to to drink and have a, a a rave up. Let's say, if that's an expression that anyone uses. Can't you be both? I mean, right. Sometimes you just want uh, a quiet day. I mean, you know, this is more in my single days. If I, you know, after I finish work and I just want a quiet little beer before I go back home, and I don't mm-hmm. want to talk to anybody, and I don't want to feel weird about being in a bar by myself. This is before mm-hmm. iPhones and stuff. Did you take care to make the book you were bringing to the bar seductive to the opposite sex, or were you bringing <laughs> in your your Dean Koontz? It, it was all Dean Koontz and uh, Ken Tom Follett. Oh, Ken Follett. <laughs> the thinking man's Koontz. Oh. I don't know if that's Sometimes true. Sometimes I would just bring like my old Bloom County comics and read that. Like right. I definitely wasn't yeah. highbrow material. Sometimes it was just kind of like I'm on my way from. I don't want to go home quite yet because I'm, you know, like let me just kind of unwind and chill. And <laughs> there's no roommate here to bother me. And like exactly, yeah. And uh, I, as a bartender, when I was back in the day, I would. There were we had many many regulars who would come in and just read books, mm-hmm. you know, and they were the best because they just sat there and read and they didn't bother anybody. They didn't bother me. Most importantly, oh yeah, because I mean, great. I used to be at work in a coffee shop, and it's like you have those people that like, like they need something emotionally from you. Like they need you to be interested in their lives. They come right. and they'll talk at you. <laughs> like you are captive and you're the person they're going to talk at. And now you're yep. their friend because you're the person they talk at. And yeah, and you are captive. Yeah, <laughs> there's nowhere to go. Well, this one was also pretty close, but 55% of people said reading alone in a bar is good. So we're all safe. We're all oh, on the right, right side of history good. there. Uh, moving like on. We like reading, we like bars. What's, where does this go wrong? Yeah, it's all <laughs> things people love. When people need help navigating life's biggest decisions, they seek our wise counsel, and we deliver an airtight verdict. It's time to settle this. All right, so Maggie, I'm going to read you an email. A listener is having an issue, and we're going to settle it for them. So here we go. Hi, guys. A couple months ago, I was stuck in traffic on my way to meet a friend for dinner. I really needed to go, number one, but decided to wait until I got to the restaurant. After I got there, I headed straight to the back where there were two single-person restrooms, one for men and one for women. They had the little green vacant and red occupied indicators attached to the lock, and I saw the men's restroom was occupied while the women's was vacant. I decided to be a decent person and wait for my turn for the men's restroom. After five minutes or so, the man inside seemed to be, um, struggling, and I had a sense he wouldn't be leaving anytime soon. Bladder at a bursting point, I decided to take my chances and quickly use the women's restroom. I even sat down with a toilet seat protector to make sure I did not leave any mess. After washing my hands, I opened the door to a woman waiting in line. What started as a look of surprise quickly morphed into a death stare. I apologized, explained it was an emergency, and said the person in the men's room was taking forever. She did not look happy, and I meekly walked past her back to the restaurant. 
Please settle this. Is it okay to use the restroom of the opposite gender? Does it matter if it's an emergency? Does it change your answer if it's a number two? Thank you for coming on, Maggie, and answering the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> uh, so here we have a case of single bathrooms. So there's, you know there's mm-hmm. not going to be anyone else inside of them. There's one for men, one for women. And this guy had the temerity, the audacity to mm-hmm. use the women's. It was an emergency. Does the What would you do if you were the woman and he walks out and you're standing there waiting for the women's? Would this upset you? If you said it was, a, I mean, I've been behind, you know, a bar in Brooklyn, you know, people disappear into the bar or into the bathroom. It could be a while. They're doing cocaine. You wish like cocaine was be legal so you, so you could go pay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been there where it's like, okay, the women's room's like locked up there, you know, like they're, and um, then the men's room's open and it's just like, no one's in line. So yeah, I'm just gonna like, I've been here a while. This is really uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm gonna dart in and dart out. Like to, would you rather, would this woman be happier if you shat on the floor? Yeah. Like, would she like to, yeah, like. <laughs> well, it was a number one, Maggie. He did specify. But uh, a, a fair point. <laughs> a fair point. I, like, <laughs> I heard number two. <laughs> Why is this guy, he said, I even sat down with a toilet, toilet seat protector to make sure I didn't leave any mess. If he's just peeing, he didn't, why didn't he just lift the seat? I, I don't understand. He didn't yeah. need to tell us that. That's, a, that's something he didn't need to tell us. That, you know, He's like, virtue signaling. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, have you ever done the move? And now, now, this doesn't go well, man, in the women's restroom, but in a multi-stalled restroom. I've definitely mm-hmm. seen in a bar where the a woman will just come in and use a stall and be like, sorry guys, the line is like 10 times longer for the women's than it is for the men. So I'm just coming here. And no one seems to really care. Have you ever Yeah, I think people move? get... No, everyone, I think, that is like a basic level of humanity. Like, oh, I might like have one of the most embarrassing accidents you could ever have in public. Mm-hmm. Like this is, you know, like this really quick, easy solution is right here. Like anyone... You know, caring about like maintaining their dignity, which is like bust in and bust out of the, you know, the, the gender, you know, the quote unquote opposite gender bathroom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, no one cares. Like, I mean, even the idea of gendered bathrooms, like who cares? Like, well, like, what are you call? Are you going to call the bathroom cops? Like, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, well, they're they are available in probably 14 to 15 <laughs> states in this country. There are we can yeah. call the bathroom cops, but when it's just a single single like when the whole place has two toilets i really mm-hmm. don't understand why they're bothering to gender them yeah 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 because it you're really matter. you're disadvantaging women really mm-hmm. because they're you know t- oh wow now you're not really t- well uh, they do they do <laughs> be putting on makeup in there maggie you know it i know it. we all know it uh no it just uh, i don't know it just seems to take longer but uh, i mean anytime i've seen someone like a from another gender coming out of the bathroom the bathroom isn't marked like i already know i go yeah it was probably an emergency they probably just really you know like yeah like what are they got like, i don't think they just did it just to be like they wanted to make me wait Ma- they me maggie sirota they wanted to make me as uncomfortable as possible like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we should just be maximizing the space. It's like, if yeah. if you're first, just go. Because it, it's so inefficient to have, in this scenario, the woman's open for 10 minutes while the mm. men's isn't. It, it That just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Personally, I go into the women's, all. The, I mean, not, again, not if it's multi-stalled, but if it's just in mm-hmm. this scenario, I'll go in all the time. And then if they, yeah. if mm-hmm. I, someone's like, hey, you know, that's not, and I'll be like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize and then I'll scamper <laughs> past them with a smile on my face. Um, now, JD, what do you think of, of this? Do you are are you a a multi-gendered user? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will go. I won't even hesitate to be honest. If it's if it's a single use, they like, are a single stall or whatever, a single you know with with a lock, a deadbolt. I, I'm not waiting. I'm not. I'm not sitting around. And then if there's somebody waiting, I'm just I just do this with my hand and go, I'll clean for you, you know, as if I just clean the clean the uh, like if as if you the work bathroom. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, uh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just wow. I've never done I've never done that, but that's a that's that's a move if you're self conscious about it. Here's like the mistake that. that this person made. 
You took too long. You were being too conscientious. You 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 got very anal retentive about putting the the protector on the seat mm-hmm. and then you know lowering yourself onto the toilet, you know, and then peeing with such uh, dainty precision that it just the uh, people were waiting too long. So that's why they were getting upset, you know, like just go in there, piss and and go out and don't make eye contact. Uh, you yeah. Just just go like She's the one with the problem, not you. you. Don't, yeah, you don't owe her anything. Why exactly. Are you, why is she th- this person thinking of this woman? So. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, I there's... think he he is a, clearly a very conscientious person, and he doesn't yeah. want to feel like he was an asshole in this scenario. Right, so he wrote right. in to us, two men, to <laughs> affirm him <laughs> and make sure that he he's okay. Uh, yeah. Actually, I just I did forget to write the name down. Oh, this is Ryan. Ryan L. Ryan L. Oh, seems Ryan. like a great guy. But great guy. I say, Ryan, be less of a great guy. Just go right in. Because, again, <laughs> we're maximizing efficiency. So, actually, it's even less efficient for you to wait and keep it empty. You go in and out. Well, now it's open again. Yeah. I, and then what? Like, you're just going to ruin people, more people's night if you're just, like, you know, letting loose urine, you know, while waiting in line. And now everyone has right. to smell your urine. Like, That's exactly right. You well, actually did this for everyone, not just for you. <laughs> now, I guess the question is, Maggie, that women will might say... Perhaps this is a straw woman argument, but if we mm-hmm. let men in here, it's going to be worse in here. It's going to smell worse. It's going to be piss everywhere. It's going to be dirtier. Do you agree with that? Not necessarily. No, I just, I don't believe in gender essentialism. Yeah. Like, I mean, if there's a bathroom gets dirty, it's, but that's, a, that, you know, if it gets like untenable and just disgusting, that's a management issue. That's not mm-hmm. a customer issue, I think, unless you like... Like everyone, like you, that drinks in your bar was just like unfrozen from a block of ice, and there's fear all. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 this was an Encino, and Ryan yeah. is an Encino man. Uh, yeah, I think that we've settled it, Ryan, and I think the answer is, don't be so polite. Just go right in. Don't sit mm-hmm. down on the seat. Don't no. use one of their precious toilet seat protectors. No, lift just pick it, up the though. seat lift and, and lift obviously. it, yeah. and give it a wipe. Give it a wipe because the other thing is, and I, we've discussed this on the show before, Maggie, that in communal bathrooms, like especially in a, a, a gym, uh, like a mm-hmm. yoga studio or something like that, um, my teacher, of course, is Trudy Styler. I <laughs> often find myself cleaning things in the bathroom that I did not dirty because i don't mm-hmm. want the stereotype of me walking out and then a woman walking in and being like oh i knew that fucking guy look he's, there's piss on the seat or there you know whatever oh okay here's the thing i do in the bathroom like if someone just like like just like destroyed the toilet just like massive stench you know like <laughs> you just come into the aftermath of someone else's just like uh-huh like someone else's like odor hate crime and like you are <laughs> And then you come out. I always did a thing where I just signal to the next person that it wasn't me. Like, you know what I mean? I just really the do next that? person to just like, like you do that, and you're just like, I don't know what the person. <laughs> come ate. on, that's not gonna work. To no, me, like, that's like that's the person that did it. That's a smelt it, dealt it scenario. <laughs> right. Sometimes yeah. I just say like, oh my god, I, it was not me. I'm sorry. I, sometimes I just come out and say it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, it was like this when I came in here. I'm so sorry. We're on this together. Yeah. That's interesting. I try to just not say anything and just be like, because I think if I say something, they'll even more think it was me. But, yeah, that's right. hmm. that's very Canadian of you. Well, I believe in <laughs> Canadian essentialism. Uh, <laughs> Maggie, not everyone is going to agree with everything you say, but sometimes you have to stand alone on the edge of popular consensus. It's time for unpopular opinions. <laughs> So, these are from the Unpopular Opinions subreddit, and if you have your own that you'd like to send them, send them to me at isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. So, the first one, this this topic near and dear to my heart. This is from Greed and Power, who says, hand-washing dishes is superior to using a machine. What's your gut instinct there, Maggie? Agree with this unpopular opinion or disagree? I spent $300 and, like, literally injured my back to carry up a dish, like a, like kind of a countertop dishwasher. Oh yeah, I I've seen for those. Three hundred dollars, like up from it's probably made in Bulgaria, uh-huh. and like, <laughs> like these are the lengths I'm going to to not do my own dishes because really? number one, I do not trust. I'm just not the, I'm not a domestic goddess. 
Okay. I don't know if the, if the Phillies hoodie gave that away or like. Uh, okay. So, so you, do you not, so, okay. I guess there's two questions here. One is, is it superior in the sense of it cleans the dishes better? That I think, you know, we can have an argument about, but in terms of the joy of having a task that starts and ends and, you know, you got the dirty dishes, you're cleaning them, you're doing something with your hands, which is like, we don't get to do anymore in this modern world. And you get to go watch things go from dirty to clean, and you know that you did it, and you know that it's you were there at the start, you were there at the end, you got a podcast <laughs> in your ears. I think it is a, a zen practice, personally. But I guess you, right. Maggie, don't feel the same way. I think there are like cleaning practices, like vacuuming, or, or um, what else? Just or just like kind of like getting all my clothes off my room's floor and like kind of getting all my laundry away when the, when the bed made where it's like, I get that sense of satisfaction. Like, you know what that you're talking about dishes. Fuck no, no, Wow. there's no, there's nothing. There's no glory in doing your own dishes. <laughs> no glory in dishes. Like, <laughs> uh, no, take you... your, take your life back. No, put them in the thing. <laughs> uh, JD, what do you, uh, did you, do you have a dishwasher at your place or is that one of the things that, uh, uh, where the pipe burst? <laughs> it was one. Of, it was where the pipe burst. Yeah, uh, Maggie, we had a pipe burst here. I'm and so sorry. Our, that's okay. Uh, we're we're dealing with it. Um, but we have a dishwasher. But for a lot, a few like six months ago, it 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 uh, broke down. Mm-hmm. Right. I have two kids, two teenage boys. Oh, and, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's rough. He loves here. them, but I understand why you're saying that, Maggie. Go I, ahead. I do yeah. Them, yeah. Um, but uh, we secretly got the dishwasher fixed, but ne- we didn't tell them. So we made them continue to do dishes for like two, almost three months afterwards, um, just to get into the habit of doing something, doing like a chore, a daily chore, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and they bitched about it all the time. You know, they they still complained. Um, I'm with you 100 percent, Matt. I I find it's the one chore. First of all, you get to play with water in the house. That's fun. That's just fun. You know you what I mean? You could take a bath. You could, yeah. But, you know, you're just, it, the warm water, it feels nice on your hands. You know, you're, it's very meditative, I find. Yeah, it, it exactly. is. It is satisfying. Um, so, yeah, and it, and, and it's, your kitchen is sort of built to wash dishes. It's not like, you know, vacuuming or cleaning a bathroom where you have to find like nooks and crannies and there's always a mystery somewhere that's uncovered. It's very simple. I know what caused this mess. I, I caused it one hour ago when I ate my dinner <laughs> and now I'm scrubbing everything up and I'm putting everything away. It's satisfying. It's satisfying. Yes, that is that is correct. So to me, like if you compare it to like Doing the laundry, folding the laundry, vacuuming, mopping, yeah. ugh, yeah. dishes, washing dishes is by far the best. Now, I understand it, it. it is sort of annoying in that, like, you clean them, then you use them again, they get dirty, and then you clean them. It's a never-ending cycle, I understand that, but I also think that, um, uh, Maggie, if you understood our, our deep and spiritual meditative practice, you would you would understand <laughs> that that's part of it. It's like, you know, doing the, the Zen rock garden, and then hmm. you, you muss it up, and then you just do it again. And I think right. that is, uh, it's very powerful. It's very powerful. Have you been hanging out with Sting? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, if Matt and I have a similar picture of Trudy and Sting, but it's us doing dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I have been edging for eight straight hours today, so... Um, <laughs> next question. Uh, so we're to get catching back, that vibe, Matt. Yeah, we're, well, <laughs> to get back to uh, music, Princesa mm-hmm. Bacana says her unpopular opinion screaming in a concert when an artist starts a solo or is playing an instrumental part is annoying and inconsiderate and i'm just going to read you their explanation here live performances are great because you can hear how an artist sounds live people travel long distances pay large amounts of money to enjoy the music i understand people may want to express their appreciation but please leave the screams and claps till the end because if you don't you are ruining the moment I'm just going to ju- start this by saying this is a fucking insane take. And <laughs> it's like, if I if this were true, then the best possible concert would be one that was completely silent with polite applause at the end of each song. And that can't be the case. Uh, but, those are rules for presidential debates. Like, hold your applause. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't react. 
Yeah. Well, so exactly. So you're you're not in on this one. Well, it's also like I think what's interesting about being at a con, you know, at a live performance is like what, you know, just like, huh, what solo, what note, what part of the song evokes that response? Mm. Right. That's kind of an interesting to witness. Like, hmm, like I didn't see that coming or oh, okay, you know, or like, is it the one dude at the pavement show is excited? They played like a B side, you know, and then he hoots, yeah. you know, and the, he's in the back of the room and he's hooting before he has to go home and relieve his babysitters. Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> don't come for the old dad. Don't come for the wow. rock dads on the wow. show. I'm uh, feeling attacked right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I am. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm flying close to the sun, you know, because mm. I am, you know, an age. I've been alive for a certain number of decades. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I get it. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna defend this unpopular opinion okay. to an extent. Uh, one specific scenario: I had to sit through Cats, the musical, <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago. Andrew Lloyd Webber, massive hit, one of the weirdest fucking shows you'll ever see. It's about cats. That's it. It's uh, if you haven't seen it, there's. W- <laughs> basically one hit song it's called memory and everybody knows it right so i saw it at the fox and we we saw it because we had seasons tickets so we we had tickets to all the shows and my kids were were into theater anyways we sat through it it was awful i mean the, the 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 cast was fine it was a great production but it's just a terrible terrible musical but there's one song and it's memory, and it's near the end of the show. I think it's the second last show in the whole thing. And there's a moment where there's a key change, and the singer goes, you know, you've heard, everybody's heard it. They go up, right? They, they hit that note. Well, the place erupts. I couldn't hear the note. Like, I couldn't hear the one thing that I was there to hear, the, the one reprieve from this awful experience. I was like, all right, finally we're going to hear the hit. We've been waiting for the hit. This whole room has been waiting for the hit. And then they play the hit, and I can't hear the money shot, like the money note. But, but this is you know life what I'm theater. Saying? You, would, you, see, you need people to quiet down so you can hear, like, Slash bend the exact note you wanted to hear. No, no that's what I'm saying. Like, it, yeah. it's in this one. It's in but this it one. is a live performance. And, you know... Shows like this, like it's kind of a rock opera, right? So they they are boisterous. I mean, I've been to shows where, you know, I've sat in Hamilton and the guy next to me is, you know, singing the whole, th- <laughs> you know, the the sh- one shot or whatever. And you know, that's kind of fine, I guess. But also that kind of ruins it. But the cast wants to hear that sort of like, you know, eruption eruption of joy because of this, you know, great. And it wasn't even, I mean, it's fine. It's just like, you hit, you one, hit the note. One man grappling with being forced to see cats. I, yeah. I, I also imagined, like, you coming home and your two teenage sons coming home from school and being like, great news, guys. I got season's tickets. And they're like, oh, to the Hawks? You're the best, Dad. Uh, no, no. To the Braves? Still pretty cool. No. <laughs> Falcons? Yeah. No. Mm. The MLS team? Well, um, to a series of musicals at the Fox Theater. That's right. Um, That's right. What, what, a, what a great dad. <laughs> All right, final unpopular opinion here. We're sticking with music, and it's just very simple, Maggie. And I can't even tell you who said it, because when I clicked back on the link, it said, this post has been deleted. This person ran from this Ooh. unpopular take. Mosh pits suck. Agree or disagree with this unpopular opinion, Maggie? Um, I mean, I'm gonna actually get on the complaint train and like argue that mosh pits, a mosh pit enjoyed, uh, like ruined my Beastie Boys experience at Lollapalooza Four, where like mm-hmm. I got crushed in front of the stage and like like security guards had to like root us out, you know, like just pull people out because we were all mm-hmm. yeah. And then, like, at, when I saw Misfits at Riot Fest, I thought like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. I have to stand in the back. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm with you a hundred percent. I I nearly died uh, uh, at uh, Rage Against the Machine in uh, the first tour. Like, and I'm I'm someone that like like staged over at hardcore shows like mm-hmm. in the '90s, and I just can't like do it. And you know, I get off the couch wrong, and it can ruin my week. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, <laughs> we're old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Okay, and then I guess I'll have to stand up for mosh pits because mm-hmm. you yes, don't have I've to. been. A, I, no, I do have to because okay. I'm starting to see a, a trend that I really don't like, and it's it's shows that are seated and and too polite, like right. bands that are that shouldn't be playing in theaters are playing in theaters, and I don't like this idea of people being like, oh, I saw the National at Massey Hall, you know, which is like a big theater in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Saw the National at Massey Hall. Acoustics were incredible. I'm like, I couldn't give a fuck. Like, I'd much rather it sound shittier, but there be some energy and people standing up and moving around and actually feeling like you're at a show and not, you know, at the opera or something. I want yeah. someone's sweat to fall on me. I want a bit of beer spilt on me. I want people bopping up and down. And if, by God, if you need to be in a mosh pit for it to happen, then I'll take that over just polite standing. I mean... I saw I saw the Walkman fairly recently in in LA, and it was in a beautiful theater. It was not a seated theater, but it was just everyone was just pretty polite. Like even during the Rat, which is like a big, pretty heavy, you know, song, mm-hmm. people just started standing there, and I and I kind of hated it. I mean, the band sounded good, but I I was like, this doesn't feel different enough for me listening to it in my car. I need the energy of other people, so I'm gonna stand up for mosh pits. Yeah, but in, that's not a mosh pit. A no, mosh I, I pit, understand, you, but but I'd rather a mosh pit than a, than no mosh pit. I guess is what I'm saying. I guess. Have you ever been in a mosh pit? Like you're oh, I've front, been in a you're literally pit. crushed. You can't move. You you have no idea. Like it's like being caught in a wave, literally. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but the where, scene, JD, the scene pulls you up if you fall. Is that what happens? Well, I don't I know. To, no, actually, yeah. My first mosh pit was at the Rollins Band in 1993. And like I had no idea what was happening to me. I was four. Well, I was fourteen. I was ninth grade. I'm standing there. Henry Rollins comes out, and he's wearing actual bike shorts, like not even the workout yeah. shorts, but like <laughs> actual lycra bike shorts that he had to keep like hiking up, like because he like <laughs> because he does like a crouch and a rah. Yeah, I think I went to that tour. Yeah, it, I saw this was in um Philly. I saw this at the track in Philly, and um, I just remember like. Um, you know, like this, like you know, like this drum hit and this bass line was like boom, and then I just fell right over, like boom, and then this. Well, nice what guy were you, the guy, guy, the guy in the on the front of the Maxell tape? You just literally got blown <laughs> back by the sound. No, it was just like the crowd reacting to it. Like everyone just started to. Re- everyone was oh, okay. really anxious, I guess, to really get into it, and like mm-hmm. so, I was like. I just went right over and this guy, this nice guy in a black flag shirt, just uh, picked me up, you know, got me, got me up. He's like, okay. And that was really nice. But like, then I saw it. It was so nice. I didn't even say like, wow, wearing the black flag shirt to the Henry Rollins show, huh? (laughs) 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 That's how nice it was. That's how. uh... (laughs) That's a a whole different topic conversation. Wearing the band, you know, I know that's not the same band, Mm. but the band's merch to the show. Yeah. Yeah. A little, hmm. a little odd, but I don't know. I mean, everyone just uh, people, the long for the line for merch now it shows is longer than the 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 line for the bar. Okay, I know you know what this is too old man shit. We're moving on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maggie, there's only one thing left to do, and that's play subjective trivia. So subjective trivia, it's just like regular trivia, except only I know the answer. This question is, in a way, tailor-made for you, Maggie, because I know that you are, I, I'm going to guess fan, but but aficionado, however you want to say it, of Yacht Rock, the style of music made between mm. the mid-70s and mid-80s, mm-hmm. a smooth music with bouncy elements of R&B mm-hmm. and some jazz fusion and disco. Uh, if, you, if you're kind of thinking, like, what is the prototypical Yacht Rock song? Generally agreed upon, What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers. Yes. It's smooth, mm-hmm. but it's bouncy. Uh, and this is basically like a genre of music that was sort of retconned, like backwards looking. Mm-hmm. These guys um, that made this web series called Yacht Rock went back and, and defined sort of the genre amongst music oh, that yes. has existed for Shout out to Hollywood Steve, my buddy. He was, the, he was the host. Hollywood Steve. Hollywood Steve um, Huey, J.D. Riznar, yeah. Hunter Stair, uh, David right. Lyons. Oh, uh, see, we're shouting out the originals, not not the yeah. not the fakers <laughs> from Sirius XM. Uh, <laughs> all right. So today's question is simply, what is Toto's best yacht rock song? So it's multiple choice. Here are your choices: Africa, Rosanna, Georgie Porgy, or Hold the Line. 
Now I have my answer written on this card here. And we're trying to, ideally, we're trying to get our answers to match up. You can consult with JD. What is Toto's best Yacht Rock song? Africa, Rosanna, Georgie Porgy, or Hold the Line? What, 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 what do you lean towards? What is, JD, what do you... Well, I, I've known Matt for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I know... There was an offhand. We had an. Uh, we've discussed uh, Yacht Rock before in the past, and I know for a fact that he thinks that Rosanna is a better song than Africa. Mm-hmm. Like he definitively said that. So let's get rid of Africa. But do you think that Matt remembers that that he told you that, and now he wants he's gonna like throw a whole line in? It's like, what if I he's told you that? It on his car. What if I told you that eight years ago just to mess with you? So that eight years later yeah. when we were doing this segment, <laughs> I could pull one over on you. Yeah. Um, like I the mean, lowest I, stakes long con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I uh, I think that he loves all four of these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Rosanna my, is my personal favorite of the four. Mm-hmm. It's got the Purdy Shuffle. It's mm-hmm. just, it's amazing. So I'm leaning towards Rosanna. I love it when guests take it so seriously. Well they you. don't want to get it wrong. I don't know Matt as well as you, but I'm going to say hold the line because it's like a, maybe like a left field choice. Okay. Maybe maybe sometimes Matt wants us to think he's a guy that will zag when we think he's going to zag. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. yeah. See, I would, th- I would say that he would say that hold the line almost isn't young. Like oh. it's but unfortunately, I, I looked it up in his certified okay. Yacht Rock as opposed to Yacht Rock, uh, according to <laughs> the guys from, from the original Yacht Rock podcast. But I'm going to give you the answer now. One of the two of you is right. Who's it going to be? It's JD, Roseanne. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. It's a banger. It's a banger. And you know what? Georgie <laughs> Porgy is the smoothest of those, but that's my least favorite. I, I just mm. find it creepy when the, that's the chorus. It is odd. It's very it's weird odd. to me. I don't, I've never understood it. <laughs> uh, but that's where we are. Maggie, I do appreciate you taking that so seriously. Hold the Line, probably my second favorite song in that. Um, mm. But uh, you did your best, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Maggie, where can people find you? Or do you want people to find you? Um, <laughs> like, witness protection doesn't start till next week, so... Uh... <laughs> I'll be at my local pub reading a book. Yeah. I will be I will be doing a crossword, and I will yell at anyone that tries to talk to me. This is not a team sport! <laughs> um, I can be found on Twitter, at Maggie Sirota, or I refuse to call it X. And, no, we, um, we don't call I'm, it X on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. On any given social media anywhere where people are convening to talk shit i am at maggie sirota um or share memes i am at maggie sirota so blue sky the other ones i don't know i'm okay i'm around well you look if if you're on one of these new social networks and you're not sure if that's maggie when you see the picture of shirtless yeah you'll know you're in the right place (laughs) um uh, all right remember you could support the show patreon patreon.com slash is this good email us at is this good pod at gmail.com and rate us on apple podcast subscribe on youtube thanks for listening thanks to jd thanks to maggie for coming on thanks in advance for leaving a five-star review for everyone i'm at austin and this was good we'll see you next week (laughs) 